0: Hey everybody welcome to episode 90 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week let's talk about hallmarks and some news from the world of metal detecting. So let's get on with the show. Hey everybody before we start I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. If you want to support the show, there are many options available from the links in the episode notes below. If you want to interact with me and the show, that information's in there too. But most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everybody, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night, whatever time you're listening to the podcast this week. Thanks for taking the time. And thanks for being with us here this week. So this week, we're going to talk about hallmarks. But I do want to take care of some things beforehand. Like the Discord server, for example. It's really starting to take off there now. We have six or seven members. And there's some great conversations happening in there. So make sure to check it out. The link is in the show notes below. It's starting to get some traction, which is great. In other news, I suppose everybody saw... Delec's update from Nocta Macro about the delay of the legend. They're adding more features, more multi-frequency options, I suppose. Delek has positioned it that it's for the users, it's 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 an upgrade that they're pushing out before it's released, but it has delayed the release. So let's see. This this stuff happens. You can see it happens all the time with most brands, and, and you have to admit, Nocta have been very good in communicating out. Um, this stuff over the years you know maybe too good giving over too much information and setting expectations that you know a certain portion of the internet community how would i say act immaturely i suppose about the response and wanted and i wanted now and you said it was going to be today and you know you've pushed it out by two weeks you know you were going to get that anyways so fair play to the for coming out and i suppose giving us all an update on the legend But I'm looking forward to that when that comes out. And and let's see what happens. Hopefully I can get a unit to review. If not, I'll probably just buy one and sell it on afterwards or something. Um, But uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, my own news on metal detecting. I haven't been out for the last two weeks after I said 50 hunts this year. Now, listen, I'm very confident that there will be weeks where there'll be two or three hunts. Um, I'm definitely getting out this weekend. But I haven't even started on my New Year's resolution yet of, of hitting 50 hunts. But I think that's the the norm. I am going to hit the 50 hunts. I am. I am. Totally. I am. I am. I am. Believe me. I am. But yeah, I haven't even hit one yet. But I'll keep you posted on this, right? Um, on to this week's topic of choice. That's hallmarks. Oh, I suppose. What are hallmarks? Hallmarks are a form of customer protection, I suppose. They're issued by the Assay Office in the UK, There's 19 countries generally across Europe that conform or align to the assay office of the UK and Ireland being one of them, Netherlands, essentially any country really that was in the EU. So quite a few, 19 countries. It's almost like a, a European standard, the hallmarks. But I suppose where did they originate from? So in 1238, the leopard's head was added to gold that was assayed in London as an indication of where it came from. But it was Edward I who declared that no piece of silver was to pass out of the hands of the workers until it had been assayed and that silver must meet the sterling silver standard of 92.5% pure silver. But it was Edward III who granted a charter to the Goldsmiths Company of London to become the official assay in 1478 and that's where it all started from. I suppose, what is the anatomy or function of a hallmark? So a hallmark is applied to all precious metals. It has to be independently tested. Provides a guarantee of conformity to purity or fineness, as they call it. And it guarantees providence. So essentially of where or when or what it is. There's four marks officially required. The sponsor's mark. So that's the person who has sent the precious metal to be assayed. The fineness mark or the purity mark. The town mark. That's where the assay office resides, and then the maker's mark. But before we go into criteria and what to look out for, it's a point of note to call out that the US don't have an assay office. But from 1906, fineness or purity was marked, and the maker took responsibility, but not required. And in 1961, it became a trademark of the family name had to be added. There is some sponsors in the US that actually would send their gold jewellery or jewellery, precious metal jewellery over to the UK to be assayed and generally the advice is that if you're buying jewellery, say for example to ensure the better quality or to ensure a guarantee of quality you should always look out for jewellery that has the four marks of an assay office of the UK. Now the French have a super complicated system of different animals indicating different purity and, and to be honest if I was to cover the French assay marks or hallmarks, we'd be here for an hour. No, nope, some people might like that, but <laughs> I, I'm i not going to list the tens of animals in relation to whatever purity we have. Anyways, so let's look at the individual hallmarks. So you've got the assay office mark or the town mark in some cases. So you've got Birmingham, which is normally depicted with an anchor. You've got Edinburgh, which is three turrets with a thistle or a rampant line. You've got London, which is the leopard. And then you've got the Assay Office in Sheffield, which is currently a rose, but previously used to be a crown. So that was the Assay Office mark or the town mark. So I'll, I'll say them again. Birmingham was an anchor. Edinburgh was three thirds. London was the leopard. And Sheffield is now a rose, but used to be previously a crown. And then you've got the standard mark or the finest or the purity mark. So this is a case of a picture paints a thousand words, and I'm trying not to use a thousand words to <laughs> describe these. So for gold... Imagine a rectangle with the corners cut off forming an elongated octagon, almost like a plaque type of shape. And inside that plaque would have a number, numbers like 990, 999, 750, which indicates 18 carat gold, 910, which indicates 22 carat gold, or 375, which indicates 9 carat gold, or 585, which indicates 14 carat gold. And then for silver, you have an oval with, with numbers in it as well. So 800 for 80% silver. 925 for the sterling silver standard. So 92.5%. You've got 958. I don't know what that indicates. And that's 95.8%. And then you've got 999, 99.9% purity. For palladium, you have a little house type of a shape. With 800, 900, 950, and 999, all in a similar vein of 999 equals 99.9%. And I want to Palladium. So Palladium is like the roof of a house, the roof of a, like a Dutch gabled house. And again, numbers in there indicating the percentage. 500 equals 50%, 950, 95%, and on up to 999, 99.9%. But that changed in 2000 just to individual circles. So saying 95% would be a nine with a circle around it, a five with a circle around it, and a zero with a circle around it. Another point around finest marks, there's no negative tolerances. It's only positive tolerances. So if you find some gold jewelry, if it's marked with the gold elongated octagon with 750 in it, which indicates 18 carat gold, because there's no minimum tolerance, That's the minimum purity it will be. So it has potential to be of a higher purity, but there's absolutely no potential for it to be lower than that purity. Hope that makes sense. So that's the finest marks, all available online. And then you're into the maker's mark, which was compulsory around the 14th century. Essentially, this is almost like a company logo. So there's thousands of them, but every one of them have been registered with the assay office. And obviously, because there's so many of them, we can't can't really go through many of them, but huge huge online databases for all these maker marks but the maker mark is important because it indicates the providence of the piece you found so you might find a 18 karat gold ring but the maker's mark can make that worth a magnitude more than what it would be just for scrap value so always check your maker marks so the last one that's required is the sponsor's mark and very much like the maker's mark it's again like a modern logo so there's hundreds of these But essentially, this mark is the mark of who is sending it for testing. And again, there's hundreds of these. And then you've got date letters, which are no longer compulsory. So each letter signifies each year. And essentially, all 26 letters of the alphabet are used. And what they do is they just change the font once the 26 letters are used. So again, there is lists and lists of date letters online. And you just have to be careful to make sure your date, letters, fonts are matching so you know which year this this piece of jewelry or metal was assayed. So that's it, really. You've got four, you've got four compulsory marks. There may be other marks added there, but that's at the discretion of the jeweler, the sponsor, all these people, they all have their own take on what they want to add to it, but there is essentially only four required. For me, as a detector, essentially the rule of thumb is if you see any sort of hallmark. Any mark inside a ring, on the back of jewellery, it's a very good indication of worth, that it's worth something. However, this may be for our European guys, and I know there is a potential for people to find jewellery before the 14th century. So that's when you get into your metallurgy and trying to figure out if this is silver. Good test for silver. Probably the the metal detectorist's best test for silver is to spit on it. Is to do a big golly on your on your bit of silver wrap it up in tin foil, and it should heat up and you should hear hiss and sizzle in your hand i have used this so many times and it's it's amazing in fact i've I've done it to show my kids to oh that's disgusting dad which then turns into amazement so good party trick um but yeah do it so listen just just to recap you've got four hallmarks you've got your town mark which is essentially your assay office mark you've got your Finest mark, which is essentially what type of metal it is and what purity it is at. You've got your sponsor mark and you've got your maker's mark. And that's it for this week. I hope you liked this episode of the Metal Technic Show podcast. Check out our website, www.themetlitechnicshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Actually, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metallitechnic. Also, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metallitechnic show. The link will be in the show notes. And don't forget the Discord server, so make sure you check that out. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down, and happy hunting.